Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. My heart was beating so fast and loud I could hardly hear the clicks as I turned the safe dial. Just one more number and I would be in. Click. I looked at my teammates and smiled. Easy. As I opened the safe door, the glare from the jewel inside almost blinded me. It was the biggest diamond I had ever seen in my life. Come on, don't take all day. The cops will be here soon. I picked up the jewel and stuffed it into my coat pocket. But before I go on, make sure you like and subscribe and hit that notification bell, or you might end up living a double life just like me. I said goodbye to my teammates and jumped into my car. As I drove off, I could hear the police sirens and saw the flashing lights of their cars as they pulled up outside the jewelry store. Phew, got out of there just in time. I drove to a gas station and went and changed my clothes in the restroom. No one would think I was a criminal now that I was wearing my business suit. I put the jewel inside my briefcase and drove home. Hi mom, hi dad, I'm home. How was your internship? Did you have a good day? Yes, it was good. Was it exciting? Flashbacks of the robbery sprang into my mind, the adrenaline pumping through my veins and the flash of the police car's lights. Meh. You see, I was leading a double life. On one side, I was a normal high school student, but on the other, I was the head of a criminal team. How did I become the head of a criminal team? Well, actually, you should be asking how I became a normal high school kid. You see, I started off in crime. As a child, I was homeless. I started hanging out with the wrong crowd and I found myself leading huge missions. But then one day, a woman found me and told me she was going to help me. She made me go with her and she organized a foster home for me. My parents fostered me when I was 16 years old. It was actually a really kind thing for them to do, and they're good people. I like them, they're nice. That's why they can never know about my double life. I'm just gonna get changed out of my suit, mom. Okay, don't be long, dinner is almost ready. Okay. I went up to my room, but as soon as I stepped inside my room, I saw there was a note on my desk. I picked it up and looked at it. It was a note threatening me. We know you have the jewel. You'd better be careful. We're on to you. For a minute, I thought I recognized the handwriting, but I couldn't think where from. I tossed the note in the bin. Ha, huh. if you think that's gonna scare me, you're wrong. No one would dare mess with me. But the next morning when I woke up, things were really strange. My parents were nowhere to be seen and the house was a complete mess. Another note had been left on the kitchen table. As I looked at it, I had the same feeling that I knew the handwriting from somewhere, but that wasn't important. I was more concerned about what had happened to my parents. The note told me if I wanted to see my parents again, I should go to an abandoned warehouse on the industrial estate at 11 o'clock and bring the jewel with me. I had no choice but to go. I had only been there a couple of minutes when two people wearing masks and disguises turned up. They began to speak, but their voices sounded distorted, almost like Batman. They were obviously being modified by some kind of microphone inside their masks. Hand over the jewel now. I hesitated for a second. The jewel I had was worth millions, but I couldn't risk them hurting my parents. I handed the jewel over to them. As soon as they had it in their hands, the two of them ran off. I was left standing there all alone, wondering what to do next. Then I heard my mom's voice. Chris! Chris! I turned to see my parents emerging from another building to the side. I ran over to them and hugged them. Are you okay? Did they hurt you? We're fine, we're not hurt. Come on, let's get home. When we got home, I went up to my room. I had a really strange feeling that something wasn't quite right. 
For one, the two people that had kidnapped my parents didn't warn me not to tell anyone what had happened. That was kidnapping 101. I knew that. And secondly, why weren't my parents demanding an explanation to the crazy events that had taken place? They've just been kidnapped for God's sake. Don't they want me to explain everything to them? Surely now they know that I'm involved in some dodgy business. I decided that I ought to do some investigating for myself. The next day, when my parents had left for work, I began to search through their room. It didn't take me long to find what I was looking for. In a box hidden inside a cupboard, I found the masks that the robbers had been wearing. Then it hit me, like a ton of bricks. That's why I had recognized the handwriting, of course, it was my mom's. I was beginning to feel really suspicious about my parents. It's obvious, they must have found out that I had the jewel and they wanted it for themselves. I waited impatiently for my parents to come home from work. The minute they walked through the door, I pounced on them. Did you fake your own kidnapping and take the jewel for yourselves? Come on, tell me, there's no point trying to deny it. They were shocked at first, but finally gave in. Yes, Chris, we did. Your mom was cleaning your room and accidentally knocked over your briefcase. The jewel fell out on the floor. Yes, we were suspicious that you had got involved with some criminal activity, so we decided to fake our own kidnapping to see if we were correct. Well, now you know, don't you? Yes, we do. Here, you can have the jewel back. We never intended to keep it. We just wanted to know the truth, and we want you to lead a normal life. My parents pleaded with me to give up leading a life of crime. I could see that what I was doing was upsetting them, so I agreed to let go of my criminal involvement. I started leading a normal life, and to be honest, I was happy. It was nice to feel peaceful all the time, not worried about being caught for doing something illegal. The next time my team contacted me, I told them that I was done with the life of crime. I'm sorry guys, you're gonna have to do the jobs without me. I'm done with that kind of life. Now I just want to get on and lead a normal life. You're not serious. Oh, I am. I'm deadly serious. Don't contact me again. I thought that was the end of it, but sadly, I was wrong. It wasn't long after that conversation that I found the note. We have your parents. If you want to ever see them again, you must be part of our criminal team. This time, the handwriting was entirely different from my mom's. My heart sank. I couldn't let anything bad happen to my parents. They had done everything for me. But I also didn't want to get back into a life of crime. Somehow, I had to find a way to save them. I arranged to meet the team at our usual meeting spot. As soon as I saw them approaching, I shouted out to them. Okay, you win. I'll be part of your team again. Good decision. Now, you've got what you wanted. Where are my parents? One of the team went and brought my parents out of a back room. I've agreed to their demands. I'm going to join their team again. No, darling, don't do this. You've worked so hard to change your life. It's what I have to do. No, Chris, no! Leave him, Gene. He's made up his mind. Let the boy go. I turned my back on my parents and walked away from them. I didn't want to see the sadness in their eyes any longer. I began to work with the team again. We did our usual minor thefts from local shops and stores. But then the others began to get more greedy. They wanted to do a really big job, something that would make us a lot of money. Why are we wasting our time doing petty crime? We're capable of doing something really big, so let's do it. What do you have in mind? The bank in town. We're going to break into it and steal all the money. We need you to make the plans for us. You're the expert in understanding the layout of the bank buildings and cracking the safe code. Okay, I'll do it, but I'll need some time to find out all the information we need. If we're going to do this, we have to do it properly. I spent the next few weeks working on every little detail of the break-in. I spent hours poring over the blueprints of the bank and memorizing the layout. Eventually, I was ready. Okay, we're good to go. We will break in tomorrow evening. 
the team were excited to do the job. We're going to be rich after this. Yes, Jim, you'll finally be able to buy that car you've been wanting. The following night, the team and I drove to the bank. We parked the car on the side of the road and crept up the window to the bank. With one final quick check to make sure no one was looking, my team smashed a brick through the window. I followed them as one by one they jumped through the window. Once inside, the first thing I did was to deactivate the alarm system. The safe is in the room at the back of the bank. Come on, follow me. I led the team to the back room. Inside, it held a huge safe. There must be millions of dollars inside this thing. It's enormous. Well, we're about to find out. I knelt down in front of the safe and began to turn the dial. But I had only turned it a couple of times when suddenly the door burst open and we were surrounded by police. Put your hands up. Don't do anything stupid. You're under arrest. The police started handcuffing all the rest of my team, but they left me alone. Good job, Chris. You kept your cool and handled yourself really well. Thanks. My teammates looked at me in shock. Did you tell the police what we were intending to do? Were you in cahoots with them all along? I didn't answer their question. I wasn't going to admit anything to them. You're in big trouble, Chris. When we get out of prison, we're going to come looking for you. No one betrays us and gets away with it. You better watch your back. I promise you, we will find you and destroy you. The police led them out of the building and drove them away. Do you need anything more from me? No, that's great, Chris. You can go home now. When I got home, I told my parents what I had done. We're so proud of you, Chris. You made the right choice. Even though I knew my parents were right, I couldn't stop thinking about what my teammates had said when they were arrested. I knew that they had meant every word. They were sentenced to five years in prison, and I spent the first couple of years trying to come up with a plan to hide from them. But I couldn't think of anything that would stop them finding me. There's nothing else for it. We're going to have to change our identities. It's not just me they will hurt. If they can't find me, they will take it out on you two. I can't let anything happen to either of you. You're right, Chris. We can't risk them finding any of us. So we did what we had to do. The three of us all had extreme plastic surgery to totally change how we looked. But even that wasn't enough to keep us safe. I knew that the team would come to our house at their first opportunity. If they saw the three of us living there, they would put two and two together and realize we had altered our appearances. We had no other choice but to move to another country. We will have to take on totally new identities and forget everything about our former lives. But what about our friends and the rest of our family? I know it's hard, but we will have to make new friends. And I'm sorry, we can never see anyone from our past lives ever again. So now we're living our new life. It's been difficult having to start over, but slowly we're making new friends and enjoying not worrying every five minutes in case the team is about to attack us. We have new names and new jobs. In fact, all the names in this video are fake to protect our privacy. I used to be the prince of our city. I was popular, rich, and every girl wanted to date me. I wasn't even out of high school yet, and I got proposals left and right. Some families would come knocking at our door, pushing their daughters at me and begging my mom and dad to arrange a marriage between our families. See, dad owned a gold mine and a huge farm the size of three mountains. I was at the top of my class every year, and I was able to charm anyone I talked to. Everyone at school was my friend. I was the teacher's pet. Every man and woman I passed on the street knew me by name. And I was happy. A lot of people considered me a catch. But one day, bad luck struck. Our mine caved in. And suddenly, our farm kept getting stolen from. My dad's businesses collapsed from under us. And one day, we lost him. And the battle for my inheritance began. Aunts and uncles and cousins I've never even heard of came to visit. They talked sweet to me and did everything to get my favor. They basically made themselves my servants. 
feeding me and cleaning my house and getting me everything I needed before I even knew I needed it, just so they could have a share of what my parents had left. Josh, dearie, don't you think you should give your uncle and I a chance at running the farm? You're so young and inexperienced. Let us take the load off your back. My dad said we're far enough cousins that we can marry. I, I mean, I'm pretty, and wouldn't you rather keep it in the family? Oh, shut up, Mariana. If you want to marry someone, Josh, marry my daughter. She's going to give you lots of heirs. We already know she can since she's just had her second baby. But my dad left me a letter in his will, and in it, he warned me against the vipers that were my relatives. He knew they were greedy and would do anything to get their hands on money. And so, I made it very clear that none of them were going to have anything to do with mom and dad's fortune. That's when the family soured against me. They wanted nothing to do with me. I had just gotten into college when I had to go back home and run the farm, and I had to deal with the caved-in mine. I didn't want the farm to sink further and further into debt, so I sacrificed everything and went home. I left everything behind and lived at the farm. I had nothing else. I poured all my time, energy, and effort into bringing it back. But every morning, we would wake up only to find half of our harvest gone and stolen. I stayed up that night and watched from atop the mountain. People were holding up lanterns, and I could see their face clearly. It was the very same aunt and uncle who wanted control of the farm. And when I ran down and called out after them, they ran with their minions, disappearing into the night and turning their lanterns off, so we couldn't see where they went. I followed the footsteps in the morning, and they led directly to my aunt and uncle's house. I was ready to call the cops on them when another uncle came between us. Don't you think fighting amongst family is bad? And anyway, it's not your farm, is it? So it's not your fruit they stole. Not my farm? Your dad bought that land with my money. Which he already paid back. I wonder what my lawyers have to say about that. Besides, the farm's in debt. Only I can save it. And if I do, it will become mine. He was rich. He was already so rich. His mansion had 30 rooms. But why did he want my farm, too? I tried to fight it, but it was useless. My mom was too weak to try and even fight for her own rights. Dad's family never did like her. They always saw my mom as a gold digger, even though she was the one who worked twice as hard as Dad ever did. Mom didn't want his family hating her even more, so she told me to step aside and just do as they wanted. And soon, they took Dad's farm. My own inheritance. Then they claimed my house, too. The only thing they didn't claim was the mine. They thought it was hopeless. When my relatives kicked Mom and I out of our house, we had to live in that cave. We were so poor we would go begging in the city. We would knock at the doors of old friends' houses. But suddenly, they were all closed to us. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And those many friends we used to have became strangers. They laughed behind our backs and told lies about my mom. What they all didn't know was that we weren't going to be poor for very long. While I was digging around in Dad's old office there, I found a box, and in it was a letter Dad had written to me years before. In it, he told me that if the time ever came that I needed desperate help, I had to go to a certain bank in town and hand them a key. The key was taped to the back of the letter. Mom and I wasted no time. And the moment I showed the key to the banker, he hurried to the back, and in a second, the bank manager came out to greet me. He led me to the vaults down below, and there, I saw a mountain of gold. I thought to myself how Dad used to make that much gold in the mine. But my daydream was squashed when the bank manager led me to a different room full of metal boxes. He opened one and fished out the only content. A piece of paper. Another letter?! I was already disappointed. No, this is in fact a deed to a house. Your father instructed that if you're ever in trouble, you must make it your residence. I was annoyed. Why couldn't he have just left us some sort of savings? When we got to the house, I was even more annoyed. It was tiny. Tiny enough that the people who knew we were moving there laughed at us and told us that the cave we were living in was bigger. It was the cheapest house in town and our neighbors made sure to mock us for it. Look at how the mighty have fallen! Yeah, serves him right. Did you know? I asked him to prom once, but he took that nerd Sarah Hyde instead of me. Well, who's laughing now? It had only one bedroom, so I ended up sleeping on the couch. But I guess that was lucky, because one night I was having trouble sleeping, and I realized why. The lights were off, but somehow it was still bright. I never realized that light was streaming in from somewhere. So I looked for the source. And then I found something odd behind the bookshelf. There was a small door, and there was light coming from the other side. I tapped everywhere. I tried to find a lock, a, a doorknob, a switch. But I couldn't find anything. And then I saw the keyhole and the door opened to the very same key that was in the back of that letter Dad wrote me. I was scared, but the tunnel was lit by bright lights. I walked about a kilometer, and when I surfaced, I realized I was in the very same vault I visited before. And this time, I was in the room where all that gold was. I see you've finally discovered the secrets of the house. I jumped in surprise. The banker just appeared out of nowhere! I... Is this... All yours. You may use that tunnel anytime you like. There will always be someone in this vault to help you, should you need it. I was so excited. I ran all the way back and woke my mom up. I showed her the gold and she nearly fainted. We didn't live any differently. We just lived a humble, normal life. I realized the moment people saw again how much we had, 
they would descend on us like the vultures they were. And so, Mom and I only took what we needed. Until one day, while I was walking my dog, and I met someone who changed my life. Her name was Hannah. We were in love from that moment on. Her dog became my dog's boyfriend, and I became hers. Eventually, we got married, and it was only then that she's told me that she was actually the heiress to a huge ranch right beside my dad's old farm. She couldn't bear to see Mom and me living in that tiny home, so she made us move into her farm mansion. It was then that I saw my uncle and aunt digging furiously at my dad's farm. I learned that the rumor of my dad's hidden treasure had been known to my relatives for a long time, and that's why they wanted the farm so bad. They thought my dad had buried it there. I flaunted my new life to them, because with every day that passed, the farm went into more and more debt. And that's when my relatives tried to break up my marriage. They spread rumors, told my wife's family that I was using their daughter, that I was a gold digger like my mom. And it almost worked. Hannah's dad almost made her get a divorce. But to make sure they understood I wasn't in it for Hannah's inheritance, I took them all to the vault. I even took a picture of us. And on that day, I dropped a bunch of those photos at my uncle's house. They will never know where the treasure was hidden. They begged me for help. They begged me to help pay their debt. Well, it seems I'm the only one who can pay for the farm's debt. And if I do, the farm will be mine. That was the first time I spent that much money on myself. I cashed in ten gold bars, and in a week, the farm was back in my name. I evicted my uncles, my aunts, and all the cousins who had stolen my inheritance from me. I installed guards, and if any of them came anywhere close, they would be charged with trespassing. Mom lived at our old farmhouse, and I lived with my new wife at hers. Together, we ran the farms and transformed them into a tourism destination. I no longer worried about anyone stealing my harvest. And the people who looked down on me and laughed at me for living in a tiny house were suddenly quiet. They begged to be my friends again, but I ignored them. I had no room in my life for fair-weather friends. After all, I had everything I needed. My wife, our new son, my mother, and our two dogs. Every year, Hannah's family would visit, and we'd have a huge party. It was something that everyone in town wanted to attend, and they were all invited. Except my relatives, of course. I'm Leonardo. One day while making myself pasta for dinner, my stepmother called me for help from the front door. Leonardo, come here quick! I removed the pasta from the stove and hurried quickly to see what she needed. She had just arrived from her shopping trip holding a million bags. Three taxis are waiting outside to be unloaded. Go get those shopping bags, chop chop. They don't have all day. Every time my dad got his paycheck, my stepmom would go shopping and spend every penny. She bought so much stuff, she had to take several taxis home to carry it all. My stepmother is a shopaholic who buys things uncontrollably. It's a severe mental health issue. Compulsive buying disorder is the medical term for it. She gets anxiety attacks when she doesn't shop. Her face gets flushed and her palms get sweaty. She starts pacing around the house panicked. My dad has taken her to see so many doctors over the years. They all diagnosed her as a shopaholic. However, my stepmom refuses treatment each time saying, I'm not sick. I just like shopping like any other woman. 
To support her bad habits, she needs money. My poor father has to work three jobs to support her spending. My dad is a barber by day, a hotel receptionist by night, and a weekend flea market vendor. He has to work every single day of the week so that my stepmom can keep <laughs> shopping. After bringing all her new shopping bags inside, I shuffled back to the kitchen to finish making dinner. My dad came home just as I sat down to eat. He looked exhausted. There were black circles under his eyes. I felt terrible for him. When he saw me, he closed his eyes and gave me a smile. This smells so good. Don't tell me. I'll guess the ingredients from the smell. This is pasta pomodoro, he said. <laughs> of course, he was right. Did you make your grandmother's or your mother's recipe? He asked. My mom's recipe, of course. She was the one who taught me how to cook. I always follow her recipes. Ready to dig in? I asked. My dad replied, Nah, I'll get a snack at the hotel. I just came home for a change of clothes. He turned and left me alone in the kitchen. We lost my mom when I was 12. Our family is originally from Italy. My mother used to cook traditional dishes at home every day of the week. As a small kid, I used to find cooking rather dull. Mom taught me otherwise. She would say, These dishes are a gift from our ancestors. We need to pay our respects to them by passing these recipes to the next generation. She taught me how to cook, and I memorized every recipe by heart. Three years after my mom passed away, my dad remarried. Unlike my mom, my stepmom never cooks. She always orders out, which usually isn't a problem since I cook for myself. I make the fabulous dishes my mom passed on to me. When I walked into the kitchen, I saw my dad making an omelet one morning. He served it to me saying, This might not be as good as the ones you make, but it's not so bad either. He then collapsed on the floor suddenly. Dad! Dad! I yelled as I jumped up from my seat. I called 911 immediately, doing my best not to panic as I told them what had happened. The ambulance arrived minutes later, and the paramedics took my dad away. As I was getting ready to leave, my stepmom woke up from her nap upstairs. What's going on? You made such a racket. I couldn't sleep because of you, she complained. I told her what had happened. Can you guess the first thing she said? But he has to go to work. If he can't work, you should start looking for a job. I got so mad I didn't say anything to her. I rushed to the hospital as soon as possible and found out how my father was doing. When I made it there, dad was just waking up. The doctor said his immune system was on the verge of collapse because of extreme fatigue. He was ordered to stop any physical activity and rest for at least three months to recover fully. When we got back home, my stepmom found out my dad wouldn't be able to work for the next three months, and she was furious. She turned to me screaming, You're not going to school anymore! Find a job and get to work! I need money! I need a lot of money! My stepmom began having a panic attack, overwhelmed by the need to go shopping. She snatched the last few bills from my dad's wallet and ran out. I started looking for a job the next day. I applied at a pizza place and landed an interview. Thanks to my mom, I landed the job. The restaurant owner tasked me with making pizza dough during the interview. He was so impressed with how I handled the dough that he said, You were born to do this, my friend, and he hired me on the spot. My stepmom took all of my money at the end of the first month. After counting it, she said, Is this it? You'd better find a second job where you can work nights so I can maintain our standard of living. When he heard this, my dad responded, You're the reason why I got sick. I'm not going to let you do the same thing to Leonardo. Leave him alone. Oh, shut up. If you're not making money, then your son will. Who else is going to take responsibility? She growled. I loved my job. My boss was a great guy. One day I asked him, I have a special pizza recipe that my mom taught me. 
I'd like to make one for you and see if you'd like to put it on the menu. My boss loved the idea. Sure, but I have a condition. How about we name the pizza after your mama so that her name will live on, he replied. Thus, Pizza Sophia was born, and soon after, it became everyone's favorite. One night, I brought a whole Pizza Sophia pie home for my dad. My dad got emotional while eating it. So good. It's as if your mom made it. I love it, he said. When my stepmom found out about the story behind the pizza, she was jealous. What kind of a name is Pizza Sophia? She grabbed my dad's pizza and threw it away. That pizza belongs in the trash. I'm sure it tastes like it too. She was totally wrong, of course. Pizza Sophia had become the signature pizza at the restaurant. Soon everyone knew about it. People came from all over just to order one. There was a long line in front of the restaurant all day long. One evening, after handing me my paycheck, my boss said, This is your last one. I was shocked. Are you firing me? I asked. He took out a piece of paper with partnership agreement written on it. No, I'm making you my partner. This is your success story, not mine. You're not going to get a paycheck anymore. You'll get to keep half of the money we make. And we'll change the restaurant's name to Pizza Sophia. What do you say, partner? He asked. I was even more surprised when I heard the pizzeria was making thousands of dollars every day. If I were to become a partner, it would mean that I'd be rich. I was so happy when I came home, but was surprised to see my father wasn't there. I asked my stepmom where he'd gone. He went to work. How am I supposed to maintain our lifestyle with your meager paycheck? We simply need more money, she said. You have no heart. My dad isn't strong enough to go back to work. You're going to make him sick again, I screamed. I ran to the barber shop where my dad worked. He was sitting on a chair when I walked in, his face chalk white. Dad, why did you come here? You were supposed to be resting, I said. You're right, son. I came here because your stepmom gave me a hard time. But I collapsed as I was trying to cut a customer's hair, he replied. I took my dad to the hospital immediately. The doctor did a thorough examination. It's better for him to stay here for a while. He needs special care, but the insurance doesn't cover it. Though, he can choose to stay home if cost is a concern, said the doctor. I was suddenly thankful that money wasn't an issue anymore. I can pay for it. Please, do whatever is necessary, I replied. After closing the restaurant each night, I would visit my dad at the hospital. To my relief, he was getting better day by day. As the business grew, I bought a lovely house for myself. After spending most of my free time visiting my dad, I would return to my own place. One night at the hospital, I saw my stepmom in my dad's room. She didn't see me behind her. Enough with this illness. Get up and get to work. I can't keep living like some pauper. I'm leaving you if you don't start working by tomorrow. I was so sad for my dad, but there was nothing I could do. I left the hospital without either of them seeing me. This was something they needed to figure out between themselves. Finally, the time came for my dad to be discharged from the hospital. That morning, he said to me, Son, I told your stepmother that I wanted a divorce. I need a place to stay while our case gets reviewed. This was the best news. <laughs> of course, Dad. You can stay with me forever. I picked up my father in my brand new sports car, eager to move my dad into our new home. My stepmom arrived as we were about to leave the hospital parking lot. She must have just found out my dad was being discharged. When she saw the car, her eyes went wide. Is this yours? She asked. I nodded, smiling. <laughs> you couldn't possibly afford something like this on a pizza cook's paycheck, she said. She then turned to my dad. You told me you wanted a divorce, but I'm sure you did that only because you were angry in the moment. 
Let's go back home and have a nice dinner. Let's be a family together, she said. My dad and I looked at each other before we burst into <laughs> laughter. She obviously thought she was giving the performance of her life, but she was such a lousy actor we couldn't help but laugh. I was dead serious, my dad said. I'm going to live with my son from now on. That's wonderful, she said with a fake laugh. Leonardo has a house too? Clearly you two have a lot of money now. I can manage it for the two of you. Give your new house the care and polish it deserves. He got into the car without saying a word. As we were leaving, she was still pleading. Wait, honey, please. We can sort this out. I love you. I promise we can make it work. But I need money to give us the life we deserve. After that day, I never saw my stepmom again. My dad says she texts him regularly saying, Let's be a family again. I'll get treatment. I will get rid of my shopping addiction. If she were telling the truth, I'd consider helping her. But we all know her history of manipulation. Maybe learning to take care of herself is exactly what she needs to get better. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.